All right, let's dive into it. First ever Big Sky Now panel on the Hagedone Sports Net- Network. We have Mark Nelke joining us out of Idaho. We have Ian Bavona. Did I just say that wrong after we talked about it? You got it right. All right, Ian Bavona out of Washington. And then we got Fritz Neighbor right here at the Daily Interlake up in Kalispell. So got a little little blend of uh, reporters from around the Northwest. Going to talk some Big Sky football today. I'm Josh Dugan back out as always. So just to get started, guys, let's just go with biggest takeaway from the Big Sky as a whole during non-conference play. Say, Fritz, you're right here with me if you want to kick it off, and then we could go from there, or I could dive into it, whatever you guys are feeling. Well, I, I still think Idaho's for real. I'm s- still not sure about the Grizz. Mm-hmm. That was a very tough opponent. They played very fast and physical, good mm-hmm. tacklers. Offense was pretty uh, not very impressive on the Grizzlies' part, defense was. So I'm not sure where they're going to end up. I like I think the Grizzlies like their schedule. Yeah. Um, with the exception of maybe going to Idaho here in a couple weeks. So, mm-hmm. um, I was really impressed. I, you know, I checked once, and Idaho was up 17 nothing. Um, Portland State running all over some place called North American. That was weird. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Two not- weeks after giving up 81, they scored 91. NBA type of scores right there. And then, uh, other than that, I just didn't uh, – I wasn't really surprised. I wasn't surprised by Sac State and mm-hmm. Stanford even. So, how about you guys? Yeah, I would say just my biggest takeaway kind of as a conference as a whole, and then I'll let you guys dive into it. Maybe I'm jumping the gun a little, but after multiple wins over FBS schools, Sac State just beat Stanford. Fritz mentioned that was an impressive win. Idaho beat Nevada. Nevada struggling a little. Still tough to go up a conference and win like that. I would say top to bottom right now, I think the Big Sky might be the deepest in the country. I say Missouri Valley Conference top heavy, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. It kind of reminds me of the SEC a little bit where there's usually those two teams at the top, Georgia-Bama maybe. But after that, it's kind of reminds me a little like Pac-12 versus SEC right now where pac 12s pretty loaded top to bottom, a lot of great quarterback play. It kind of reminds me of Big Sky when this season's said and done, I think we'll be talking about the Big Sky is potentially the deepest conference in the country. Just uh, your guys' takeaway from anything in non-conference play as we gear up for conference play to get started this weekend. Yeah, uh, mine's kind of similar to you, Josh. Uh, seven seven Big Sky teams winning records right now, six of them in top 25 polls. It really just kind of shows the strength of this conference and how deep they are. Uh, that's really good to see when you compare it to some of these other FCS conferences around the country. Yeah, no doubt about it. How about yourself, Mark? Yeah, I think I agree. I think, you know, the teams that everybody thought were going to be good are – are good and and stuff like that. It's hard to tell sometimes with the the schedules teams are playing. Some teams mm-hmm. have played some pretty weak schedules, and some some play, played some tougher schedules. So, but I you know obviously we'll start finding out for real this week when conference play starts. Yeah, no doubt about it. We can kind of just go right into the next topic I wanted to ask from there because it made me think of it. With your answer, but who has been the most surprising team in Big Sky play to start the season? I'll just throw it out there. I'm really impressed with Cal Poly. They're two and one. Yes, kind of like you said, where the level of competition they played, maybe not the best. They only won two games all of last year. Here we are entering Big Sky play. They've already they're two and one right now. So they've already matched their win total. New head coach Paul Wolf, new QB Sam Heward. He's a Washington Husky transfer. Was a five star guy. So. I think the Mustangs are going to be really competitive this year. I don't think they're going to win a lot of Big Sky games. I just don't think they're going to be the cakewalk they were last year. And they're, that starts surprising to me. Anytime you match a win total three games into the season, that's not a bad thing. Uh, how about yourself, Fritz? Any big surprises so far? <laughs> My biggest surprise is uh, at the end of the spectrum, NEU getting worked over pretty hard by Utah Tech. Yeah. Which has lost two, well, lost to the Cats and the Grizz mm-hmm. decisively. So to go down to NEU, you know, 
probably a little road weary, but they yeah. seem to use a little closer. You know, Flagstaff's pretty close to St. George. I just, um, I just don't uh, don't see how any of you could get beat that bad. Answer the bell like they did. Yeah, and I will say I did see an interesting note. Speaking of NAU, Daniel Britt, former Grizz QB, he got hurt in the offseason. He's a transfer for NAU. They, I saw on Twitter, and I'm not going to credit properly the journalist who tweeted, so I'm sorry. But somebody mentioned. He's expected to come back and make an impact soon, so that could help NAU maybe get a little more talent at QB because I saw that as well after Utah Tech got steamrolled twice by Big Sky teams. Then they kind of did the beatdown. So, yeah, they kind of flipped it around, and maybe that tough competition helped them to start. But uh, how about you guys? Any big surprises so far to get the season going? I went first last time. I'll let Mark go ahead this time. <laughs> there you go. I, I, would, <laughs> I would say that I don't. the only surprises are some of – you look at some of the schedules and some of the teams that – these guys are playing that I'd never heard of, like, you know, Cal Poly playing Lincoln and, and, and then the Portland state playing uh, that NAIA juggernaut North American mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where you, you got to get on Google and find out where they're from and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I yeah, believe I, I saw something. Oh, sorry. You can go for it. I was going to say, I think Josh looked at my notes before we started recording because I was also going to say Cal Poly uh, through the first three games, like you said, I already got the two wins match from last year. And I was looking at the defensive stats uh, last year, they gave up about 560 yards per game. This year, it's down to about 318 so far through the first three games. Might want to keep that uh, in the back of your heads in the early three games of the season in this non-conference play. But there's also um, 27 total sacks allowed last year, only giving up three in the first three games this year. So it's something to keep an eye on, that, uh, that offensive line and that defense over there in Cal Poly. And I, I'd like to just jump in and say Paul Wolf's a good coach. He was at Eastern. He's an O-lineman at heart. Um I think it was a great hire, considering where they were. They, had, they really had some, success, some good success for a while, pretty consistent. Then it, then it got bad. We all saw it. But Paul Wolf uh, getting to uh, take over that club and and uh, get a five-star quarterback, as you mentioned, that things are on the upswing. Yeah, that tandem feels like they're turning it around for sure. You get the head coach, get the quarterback. What at any level of football, once you figure those things out, and like you said, strong O line play, you factor all that, and all of a sudden, like I said, they might not be competing for a title, but they're not going to be the cakewalk they were last year, where it's like this team won one conference game. We're resting guys this week. You're going to have to prepare a little more for Sam Heward and Paul Wolf for sure, no doubt about that. Um, my next question, kind of jump right into it. Right now, as far as the national rankings go, you have Montana State, Sac State, Weber State, Idaho, Montana, and UC Davis all in both top 25 polls. This might be a little bit of a layup after the last couple of weeks, but do you guys see another Big Sky team potentially cracking the top 25 and then making a little bit of a run, making some noise in conference play? Just I'll throw it out there. I think we all think of it. Eastern Washington looks like a team to me. They're going to end up being ranked, and all of a sudden seven teams in the Big Sky is pretty remarkable. Your guys' thoughts on that and just – any other potential teams that could emerge down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, I was going to I was going to mention they're they're uh, they checked in at twenty eighth in the stats perform and twenty ninth in the AFCA poll, um, just outside of that top twenty five range. And obviously, with the strong performance coming up, if they can get a strong performance against UC Davis, uh, that that'll go a long way to kind of getting them to crack that top twenty five again. Yeah, definitely. How how about yourself, Mark? I saw you were chiming in to say something. Yeah. I'm- yeah, it's that, that that was the easy answer. Eastern, I mean, they they played two tough teams. They should have should have beat Fresno, which you know kicked the you know what out of out of Arizona State last week and stuff like that. So I think last year was obviously a, an anomaly, and and you know they got uh, Vesperis at quarterback, and, and you know I think they'll be back. They got good players. 
Yeah, definitely. Your thoughts on it, Fritz? I'll say, I guess that's the, the that was a layup kind of, but it was worth asking. Yeah, I'm like seven teams in the top 25. Your thoughts on Eastern Washington and their chance of making the top 25? Those kind of things. No, I think if, obviously if they keep winning, piling up wins, they will. And then I'm really interested to see. I'm jumping ahead, but I'm really interested to see how Weaver does mm-hmm. against the Cats this weekend. Um, I think the Cats are for real, even without Tommy Millard. He won't play this weekend, but they're still just a really good football team. They're going on the road to Ogden. But uh, I want to see how Weaver bears up against a really good foe, um, a really good Big Sky team, and, and see if they're still for real. They've been real for a couple of years, but they just can't coaches, and mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Saturday. I'm really excited about that game, too, and it's funny. That kind of leads me into my next question. I'll just dive right into this one. We're just moving along, which is great. But last year you looked at was Sac State, Montana State, co-Big Sky champs. I was kind of going to say, is there that third team who could emerge or a few teams where at the end of the year, it's like they're going to be right in the hunt for a big sky title. Idaho, Weber State, Montana, you could say UC Davis East. They're all in the mix, but Weber State, you look at their schedule. If they can get this one against the Cats, I feel like all of a sudden they have a, a path to being right there at the end and competing for a conference title. Their losses last year against the Cats, one of them was very fluky. The long snapper set the record for most – uh, Safety is allowed in a game. He snapped four balls out of the back of the end zone. I'm pretty sure that you'll never see that again. And also, Malat ran for almost 300. Yeah, and, and he won't be there. So be there. all of a sudden, Weber State, I agree. I think they're a team who I really am interested to see more of. I haven't heard as much hype around them this year. New coach, that could be part of it. But, um, you know, do you guys think there is another team? Maybe it's not Weber State, but who could emerge at the end of the season as competing with the Sac State and Montana State this time around for a conference title? If any team in particular jumps out at you guys. I'll let you go ahead, Mark. <laughs> I mean, Idaho's was the sexy pick coming off of what they did last year. I think, you know, they still have to prove it. I think you still got to go with Montana state and Sac state until someone proves they can beat them. And, you know, Idaho gets its chance uh, this week at home against Sac state. And, you know, they, they lost to them last year. If they, if they can beat them, that's a big step forward. Yeah, they have a few tough yeah, road games. Oh, sorry. Go for it, Ian. I'll say Idaho's got to take care of some tough games. But, yeah, go for it, Ian. Sorry about that. Oh, no, that's all right. Uh, I'm just keeping my eye on a little bit on Montana. Uh, three of their four Big Sky losses last year were by one score, and they're hosting Montana State this year. Um, so there's a path there. I don't know if they can get it done. I'm probably still going to stick with Montana State as my personal pick, but uh, I like to keep my eyes on Montana through the rest of the year. Yeah, being right here covering the Grizz quite a bit up this way, of course, Fritz is the go-to guy for the Grizz. I've been kind of – they've been such a tough team to figure out but I feel like they're just going to get into conference play. And if it clicks, all of a sudden they're going to be competing for a conference title. So you know Bobby Houck and the Grizz have some tricks up their sleeve. They haven't really shown much at QB. I feel like they have some things in store for conference play. So, yeah, I'm not sleeping on them. And like Mark said, Idaho, they were the sexy pit coming into the year, and there's a reason for it offensively. Unreal. Defensively, they're complete too. So and Hayden Hatton might be the most talented guy in the big sky. So you start adding it up, it's going to be loaded when push comes to shove down the stretch. So it was just an interesting as we're entering conference play. It's like, who's going to be there right at the end? Is it going to be seven teams in the hunt? Is it going to be three teams? So it could go a lot of different directions, but if, is there anybody out that we didn't mention, Fritz, who you see jumping out or just your thoughts? Well, I've been on Idaho's bandwagon for a while. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're really good. I think Davis deserved to be in the playoffs a year ago. So I'm kind of looking at them. And you're right about Montana. I mean, we spoke a little bit last week about how they played a D2 team in 08 having come off a, a season where they lost a bunch of seniors. They barely beat Central Washington. 
uh, by four, and uh, then went on the road and got worked by Weber State and wound up in the uh, national championship game. Is that going to happen this year? Okay, probably not. The league got a lot better <laughs> since 08, I think. But um, league uh, Ferris State was so good, and uh, you know when that when they got Vedlak protection, um, he found some good routes. I think he's a good quarterback, and that defense is uh, still for real. So mm-hmm. Montana could be there, but right now I'd say Idaho is my pick, my Cinderella pick. Yeah, no, I can't argue that. I mean, when you have the – I mentioned already, but when you have the quarterback and the coach, it's that much easier, and Idaho has that for sure. McCoy, I guess I'll just kind of jump ahead here if you guys want. But I was going to say who's the best quarterback in the big sky right now. If we're talking most complete, it's hard to argue that McCoy isn't that guy based off of last season. Tommy Malott might be the most dangerous with his legs. Kaden Bennett, Sac State's impressive. But I got to go Giovanni McCoy right now is the best QB in the big sky, which – Leads me to think Idaho's going to be there when it matters. Your guys' thoughts on that topic and just McCoy's play also having covered him a bit up this way. I've got, uh, yeah, I've also got McCoy. Uh, most touchdowns in the conference last season. Uh, right now he's second in the conference with uh, a completion percentage. I think it's around 66%. That's something you always want to see out of the quarterback. Uh, Josh, once again, I think our minds are just connected right now. Right, everything's linking up, right? Hey, this is our first time talking. It's all linking up. It was meant to be. So good stuff, Ian. No, for sure. Great minds think alike, as they say. But, no, it's hard to argue that. Hard to argue that for sure. Well, your thoughts, Mark, just on the quarterback topic in the conference and the level of play at QB in the conference. Yeah, I mean, Idaho does a good job of of not making McCoy do – you know, win the game by himself. They give him, you know, get the ball out quickly to your studs and let them do the work. And he, he has improved his, um, his scrambling abilities faster now than he was last year. And that that's kind of added a new dimension. I mean, you don't want him running too much because it just takes one hit. And then, you know, you're kind of like a dog chasing a car. So, and so we'll see. Um, I guess what, you know, Caden Bennett from Sac State was the reigning player of the week after beating Stanford. So, Having a good year also. We'll get a look at him this Saturday. Yeah, that'll be a good one for sure. How about yourself, Fritz? Any QBs jump out among the pack, or is there kind of a close battle for you? Well, no, I, I would say, you know, Malat's right there. Mm-hmm. Except, uh, you know, once again, he's banged up. And, uh, no, I was really impressed last year when Ido came into Missoula and won. Mm-hmm. And he, Giovanni, just looked so comfortable and so poised and, uh, and, uh, and young. Mm-hmm. Not very big. He's probably gotten bigger as well as faster and a year older. So he's a great pick. Yeah, he's like your very modern style of quarterback where Mark kind of mentioned they don't ask him to do too much. He gets rid of the ball quick and he puts it in his playmaker's hands. You look at guys who historically have done great. It's like Tom Brady. That's what he made a career out of. You look at Colorado. I don't know if you guys watched that game versus Colorado State. Dion's kid, Sh- Shador Sanders. Gets rid of the ball fast. That's the new style, kind of. That's what I'm saying. Put the ball in your playmaker's hands. Let him make plays. And Idaho has great playmakers. I will give an honorable mention to Sam Heward out of Cal Poly. We might, we don't know what it's going to come down to at the end with that team, but pure arm talent-wise, there's a reason he was a five-star guy, has NFL pedigree. I believe his dad and uncle both played in the league. So start adding it up. He's going to be a guy to watch as well. Cal Poly might not have the protection and the talent that Idaho has, but just pure arm talent. He'll be fun to watch. And I agree, Tommy Malott's right there. I think as far as if you ask me best playmaker, I'd go Malott. Best pure quarterback right now, I'd go McCoy. So it is a kind of a double answer there. I kind of cheated, but I'll take it. Um, another thing I did want to ask you guys, we mentioned the Portland State game earlier this 
last week, 91 to nothing, Portland State won. And then earlier this year, they lost to the Oregon Ducks, 81 to 7. So I just wanted to ask the question, do you guys see a benefit in scheduling these type of games in non-conference play, or would you rather see a team play a little more evenly matched competition and just your thoughts on those kind of blowout games? Because I believe they set the school record for biggest loss and then broke the school record for biggest win in a three-week span. So you don't see that every day. Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to go viral, that's for sure. Um, you, you saw the uh, the Oregon Duck doing all the push-ups for uh, all the points that Oregon scored back in week one. Uh, I would have liked to see him do the 91 that Portland State just scored this past week, but I uh, didn't get to see that, unfortunately. But I think there's some benefits and some cons, obviously. you uh, For a con, you want to see your, uh, your guys match up against uh, kind of a team at your level, obviously. But there are some uh, benefits in where you can see more of a range of players, how they fare in game action, because some players might they might practice better or practice different than they do when they play on the field. Um, it's fun for the fans, obviously, getting to see all those fireworks for every point. So there's definitely some pros and cons. Um, personally, in my opinion, I'd uh, rather see a team match up against someone in their caliber during non-conference play. But that's just me. No, I'm in the same boat. Uh, boat. Mark, if you want to jump in, then we'll bring it back around this way. When, uh, you can go from here. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obvious why they played Oregon, and it, it starts with a dollar sign and, and yeah, several yeah. hundred thousand, uh, you know, you know, six figures after it. So however much, you know, that helped with their athletic budget and stuff like that. So that, that's, that's why they played Oregon. Uh, I don't know why they played the other team. Maybe they just didn't have a game or – or whatever, you know, we have to look into that. But, that, I mean, that's why they play those games. Sometimes you just have to play who you can. I mean, Idaho was originally supposed to play a Division II team, Western Oregon, this year, and they realized that, you know, those those games don't count, you know, basically when you're trying to get the seven wins and get into the playoffs. And so they were able to swap them out and play Lamar, who's, a, you know, an FCS team, you know, kind of a lower, obviously a lower one. So they got the best of both worlds. They got another Division One win, and you know against a team they could beat, stuff like that. So which helped because of the, then they had to play Nevada and Cal, and, and they got one win out of that. And um, you know, we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. How about your thoughts on that, Fritz? I know we talked a little bit about scheduling last week, so we're kind of going back into it. But if just right. your, yeah, your thoughts. No, I yeah, like Mark said, you know the. The dollar sign in front and the six figures behind it, and and then they turn around and they only drew fourteen eleven to Hillsborough to watch uh, North American get beat by ninety, um, and then you know Saturday night Bobby Hawk was talking about how they had that this opening this past week and Kent Haslam I assume and some other officials said can we schedule a Division two team and Bobby said sure, and then in retrospect he said maybe not the D two team. Yeah. They scheduled somebody else. Yeah, but I I think in years past, well, there's a point where Montana had lost a million dollars in their athletic budget and were running at a deep deficit, and so they started scheduling the Oregon's and the Iowa's of the world and getting big paydays, and getting beat up, and then they'd bounce it out two weeks later with a D two school. And uh, again, the league wasn't quite as deep, and they were still picking up the wins and the, the playoff berths. And when you look at uh, them playing Fair State, I think it was good preparation for the Big Sky. And it might be one of the tougher games on their schedule because they play. They go to NEU this week. Hopefully, they don't jinx them because <laughs> NEU got beat so bad last week. Uh, they get Northern Colorado. They don't. They don't have uh, the terrible schedule or the the uh, 
grind of a schedule mm-hmm. they did a year ago. So. Nope, that makes sense. And good point. I mean, Ferris State, it's one of those things you look at. I'm heading into the game. I was going 14 and a half favorites. The Grish should be favored by four touchdowns. But you watch Ferris State. You're like, oh, this is a well-coached. What I said? It, it, take the points. Take the points. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they were legit and they were well-coached. And, no, that you, you kind of connected the dots for me a little bit when you said Montana used to schedule – a D1 big school, get blown out and make it up versus a D2. I will say if you're Portland State, at least if you're going to get steamrolled, you got to turn around and get your confidence back a little and do it to somebody else. But I agree with kind of what Ian was saying. In perfect world, yeah, play more evenly matched competition. I guess in this case it made sense get the money, turn around, go beat up on another team, and then just reset. We're like, we're, we're back to normal. We had one, we got our butt kicks. Now we did the butt kick. And, but, yeah, overall just kind of a weird dynamic to see a team 81-7. to 7. Then 91 to nothing, you're like, okay, let's get a little bit of a more even balance there. But I guess, hey, money talks. The Oregon Ducks got to take those dollars. But, no, great stuff, guys. If there's any other Big Sky stuff you wanted to mention, feel free to throw it out there. If not, an awesome uh, first time getting together, talking some Big Sky football, and I really appreciate your guys' time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just uh, I'm excited to see Eastern this weekend. Uh, like I said earlier, we'll see if the good performance against UC Davis can crack them into that top 25. And I'm excited to see yeah. how this bear has kind of develops over the course of the year. Uh, didn't get a ton of playing time last year, a little bit down the stretch. But, um, yeah, I think he's leading the conference right now in yards passing right now. A bit more attempts than the second-place guy, but uh, I'm excited to see how he kind of develops through these early weeks of the year, especially once we hit conference play. Yep, the Eastern Washington's on my radar big time. That red field, there's something about it. They kind of get the swag going. Got great receivers on the outside. I know Chisholm's a guy to watch. So, I know I'm excited to watch Eastern Washington. Any just heading into week one, we'll kind of close it out here. Anything you're looking forward to watch, Fritz? Just kind of taking it all. You already said Weber State game. I know that's going to be a fun one. No, I'm just excited to, you know, it's an unbound schedule, but I'm still really excited about uh, Big Sky schools playing each other. Yeah, no, me too. Anything from you, Mark, you want to throw out there? And Awesome stuff, guys. Yeah, Fritz mentioned the inbound schedule. That that's kind of the reality too. Is sometimes, you know, you have tougher conference schedules, you know, this year than last year or whatever. So sometimes you're just kind of at the mercy of what your schedule was. And you know, Idaho's got a tough one this week. And if they can get over that, you know, they got Montana and Montana State and Eastern on the schedule too. And so it's and and you know, they're going to win the conference. They're going to have you know, obviously have to beat those guys. And so mm-hmm. it's just. We'll get a little better look at the league, you know, now that they're all playing each other. Nope, definitely. And like you said, you got to beat the best to be the best, as they say. And that's kind of where Idaho and Weber State as well. They're trying to prove themselves that they're in that next tier up. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Great weekend to start out Big Sky Football. And thank you, everybody, for taking the time to do this. And, yeah, we'll talk more this season. Hopefully Tuesdays keep this rocking and rolling for all the Big Sky Football fans out there. No, So thank you guys so much, and we'll wrap it up there. Awesome stuff. And, like I said, thank you to everybody for checking out the show this week. It's been a lot of fun. Definitely great to talk some Big Sky Football across the Northwest here. So you guys have a great rest of your day, and that'll do it for this week's show.